0: Welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and I am lucky to be joined today by Louisa Lobigs and Marcus Cooley. Louisa Lobigs, of course, was the Amy Gillett Foundation Scholarship winner this year and spent some time, um, well, most of the season over in Europe. And uh, Marcus, um, saw you down at Tour of Bright this weekend and was so captivated by your personality that I knew that we had to have you on the podcast. Um, How are you doing at the moment?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Well, nice to hear that. So uh, hopefully I'm uh, not too bad on the podcast.
0: Yeah, so we'll do a bit of introduction for both of you. Um, Louisa, um, what was it like to be the um, Amy Gillett Foundation Scholarship uh, winner this year? I mean, obviously, it's a great priv- a great privilege, but a lot of responsibility that comes with that position and representing the foundation.
2: Yeah, so I was really honoured to have the scholarship this year. I mean, it was really... Um, exciting for me to be selected, um, not only for my cycling abilities, but um, just to get some recognition recognition for the work that I do behind cycling. So I'm a PhD scholarship holder. Um, I'm doing a PhD in anti-doping and the blood passport. So it's it's hard juggling cycling and, and work. And it's, it was really nice to get involved in the foundation that way and, and also be able to promote safe cycling in Australia and be part of a foundation which is... Um, just has a really um, fantastic impact in on cycling in general in Australia.
0: Do you feel like a lot more um, attention from people because you are the um, ambassador for the foundation? And I know there's been a lot of interviews around at, at the time of getting the scholarship. And um, do you feel that, you know, <laughs> you've hit the big time or is its it... Is it uh, <laughs> still you know something that you enjoy
2: uh i think i still got a long way to go i mean it's really nice um i think i guess people are starting to to know my name and it's starting to go around more which is a bit exciting but um yeah like definitely have a long road ahead of me
0: yeah and um nationals this year i remember you did a big breakaway with sarah roy for most of the race before it got down to those final few few laps there
2: yeah so i had a, a bit of a um disappointing time trial performance at nationals this year. My brakes were rubbing the whole, whole ride. So, um, I really wanted to, to do a good road race and just happened to get in a good move with, with Roy. And I mean, nationals for us is a bit tricky because Orica often dominates. So it's, it's nice to put some pressure on them and, and also like get, get your name out there, I guess, and, and animate the race.
0: Marcus, um, I was just speaking to you a bit earlier and, um, it turns out you you know you're a bit late into cycling on the on an elite level
1: oh later than a lot of other people i'm racing against i suppose um yeah i didn't really get into the nrs till i was um just about 21 years old so yeah i suppose a fair bit later um first year elite this year so um yeah a bit of a I'm having experience racing elite elite nationals for me anyway
0: what has that experience been like from a learning perspective um Obviously, um, every, everyone starts at a higher level than you um, coming into the sport with um, both race knowledge and ability. Um, how do you go about catching that up?
1: Yeah, I suppose it, it's a bit interesting because uh, most other people my own age have a lot, had a lot more experience and have a lot more experience. So it was uh, being a bit older than a lot of other people, but knowing less and um, almost being like a bit of a younger rider. But I think I've uh, picked it up reasonably quickly over the last couple of years, so probably where I need to be going forward.
0: And uh, what's been the highlight over the past few years of of cycling? I mean, what would you you know put on your uh, CV at the moment?
1: It's a tricky one. Um, we had quite a lot of good ups this year um, with the Swiss Wellness team. Um, I mean, I spent most of my year looking after two pretty talented individuals that we had on board in Jesse Featonby and Chris Harper. So Definitely, definitely watching um, and helping out with their, their results was, was pretty great. And especially, I suppose, watching Jesse transition from his triathlon to be the rider he is now uh, has been really good as well. I mean, this, the progress that he's made in the last 12 months is pretty phenomenal.
0: And uh, we'll be going on to talk about one of those riders you're protecting at the Tour of Bright, Chris Harper, because he did very well there. Indeed, he took the win. So, take a little break here and come back with the Tour of Bright. Okay, and we are back with our discussion of the Tour of Bright, and it was, yeah, really, it's a good, it's a good race, the Tour of Bright. Um, it's often it often attracts a different sort of field from the from the normal. NRS VRS field um, that we that we're normally used to seeing because it comes in the summer and there's a lot of pro riders who are off on their um, on their seasons and quite a few under 23 riders often show up to the to the bright and um, try and hone their hone their form for nationals so it's an interesting race. Louisa, you uh you were part of a team going in with big expectations there, obviously. Yeah,
2: so this is the first year that we've had a full team at the tour. Usually there's, you know, one or two of us. So it was it was cool to have the whole team there and really be able to test some tactical um or the way we race together and learn like just um fine tune some tactics before the big um big summer season and nationals. So um yeah, I mean we we were definitely um racing for Leeson and Um, aiming for GC there. We didn't unfortunately quite get that, but um, I think it was a really promising race for us as a team. We worked really well together and, of course, you make mistakes, but uh, hopefully we won't be making those mistakes at Nationals.
0: And same question to you, Marcus. You had uh, Chris Harper on board, um, obviously, and Jesse Fiedenberg, I suppose, could have been an outside shot at at GC as well. Uh, So what were the expectations from you guys?
1: Well, we had the four of us going in and I think... We we all thought we were, we were going reasonably well, so um, yeah, we thought we might be able to see how um, we could have gone, uh, I suppose individually. But after we saw Chris's time trial, we thought, yeah, wow, he's um, he's really got some good form. Um, he's come back after I think he had a bit of time off after his third place at Tour of Tasmania. So we weren't really expecting him to to be as strong as he was. I mean, to put in the the time trial performance that he did. I mean. It's the same time as Sean like the year before, who, as we all know, is a super impressive in the time trial. Yeah, once we saw that, we realized, well, he's our man. So it was all about defending him, uh, his lead, and uh, making sure he held on to, to GC for the rest of the tour, which, um, yeah, we managed to do by a pretty, pretty slim margin. Um, so it's a pretty good result for the team.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the stages now. Um, as, he, as he referenced just then, um, the men's stage one was won by Chris Harper from Ben Diable coming in uh, second there. And it was Sam Jenner, the Australian um, World Tour Academy rider, who slotted into third. Uh, about I think he was about half a minute down and uh, Ben was uh, 13 seconds down on the time trial. It was a bit of a surprise, as you mentioned, um, that um, Chris got up there, but... Um, with a lot of people expecting Ben to be really strong in both the time trial and the climbs as, as he was, but not just not quite strong enough in the end. And Chris Harper got up there and in the women's, it was your teammate um, Louisa leeson Hawkins, who got up there for the win. She um, we will put in an interview that I did with her um, in a little, in a little minute because um, it was yeah quite interesting what she had to say. She was, she said she was on a new setup to what she was on normally on the TT and uh, she had to beat the rider who came fifth at the World Time Trial Championships in Annemiek Van Vluten. So yeah, pretty impressive showing from her there. Um, what, what was the what was the feeling um, after that after that one, Louisa?
2: Um, well, I think um, knowing Leeson and training with her in Melbourne, I would have guessed her to be the winner of the women's race. Um, I mean, Annemiek's Uh, definitely a strong rider but is is here on a on a break so obviously her form is not going to be the form she had at at the olympics or the world championships i mean she would have smashed us all if she had that form but it was really really cool to have her there and um seeing leeson um take the win was good like it's and shannon malseed was second also in the time trial which was a really impressive performance for her so i think the team's looking pretty good for the summer
0: yeah, um, Shannon jumping up into second there. I mean, she's a very strong rider, obviously, but not, you know, renowned against um, against the clock. But um, she said that she might have to rethink her approach to nationals there and uh, have a go at the TT after all.
2: Yeah, Shan's, yeah she's been um, doing the TT for the last two years that I've been with Holden. So I think this year she wanted to have um, have a break and have a crack at the crit. But, I mean, she, she's a smart rider and a strong rider, so she, she'd do well in either.
0: And yourself, um, were you on the road bike for for that stage?
2: Uh, No, I was on the time trial bike. I um, had a bit of a shocker myself, (laughs) but that's okay. I've just come off the Share the Road Tour with the Amy Gillett Foundation. So we rode from Canberra to Melbourne, um, which was 835 kilometres in six days. So my body was a bit tired for Bright, but um, it's all good. There's plenty of time before nationals to, to pick the intensity up and have a good one there.
0: Okay, and we'll put the um, interview with Leeson in in just here. Um, Apologies about the sound quality for the interviews. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't take my microphone down. So it might be a bit dodgy, but I'll try and edit it up. So it seems okay. So we'll, I'll, I'll be interspersing a number of those interviews throughout the podcast. So keep your eyes out or keep your ears open.
3: Oh, I'm very surprised. I um, was pretty worried about how that was going to go, but um, I think most importantly, it's, it's very important to point out that Amelie is in her complete off-season and was on a road bike, so uh, let's have a bit of perspective on that one. But uh, but yeah, no, very happy to uh, to get away with that. Um, I'm on a new bike set up from the team, so it's taken a bit of getting used to, but... Uh, just having fun being away with the team again after a bit of time off. So, so it's very nice. I can't
0: go in the headline NRS champ topples um, champion Dutch. <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> good grief, no. That would be awkward. Let's talk about the rest of my team. They did awesome. So, yep. Shan's coming in in second, and Grace was on a road bike and has bossed it, and Louise and Brody have done really well as well. So, it's. Uh, very exciting times for the team.
0: And, you yeah, you, in your first season, debut season in the NRS, you've been remarkably consistent all year. Um, is there a secret?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm very good at coming third, aren't I? It's <laughs> I come third a lot. Um, just having fun riding the bike, really. I think it's, um, it's for me, there's no pressure on racing. Uh, I think I felt the most pressure ever coming into this race because yeah, I think that there was a bit of expectation, which was awkward and had me feeling a bit unwell. And, and more importantly, I, I do this because it's fun. I really enjoy it. It's brilliant hanging out with the team, and uh, it's a nice distraction from work. Now that the weather's getting better, I'm really looking forward to summer. <laughs>
0: well, looking forward to Mount Hotham as well. Uh,
3: that's but- a little bit steep for me. I'm a bit tw- about 20 kilos more than everyone else trying to ride up that. So, uh, well, we'll have a bit, we'll have a bit of fun, but we'll see how we go.
0: On to stage two now, and that's the stage up to Wonga Gap. Goes over Rosewhite there as well, and there's that nasty little climb um, between Rosewhite and Taw- Tawonga. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's. Um, it's steep and it's it's only it's only quite sure to be maybe 800 meters long but it's really steep and it's quite quite a nasty surprise for anyone not expecting it there uh Marcus you know what well, it's called cool
1: them I'm not sure what it's called but I definitely know which one you're referring to um yeah I suppose we were defending Chris's lead at that point so I remember riding over the top of it on the front <laughs>
0: Yeah, there were. it was quite an aggressive start to the men's, wasn't it? Uh, for the first 20, uh, 25 kilometres with a number of you know riders and teams trying to get away in that break. And obviously, you guys wanted to um, get a rider in there as well just so you could um, stay off the front um, and driving it for Chris Harper in, in the lead.
1: Yeah, me and Jeremy were definitely sort of having a couple digs, digs, um, seeing if we could get in that move. Um, I think Chris had a, a go a couple of times as well, but I don't think he was ever seriously thinking anyone was going to let him go and yeah, it took quite a while for the break to go and the move that uh, did establish dangled off the th- only a couple hundred metres off the front for quite a long time before actually going away. And
0: uh, in the final there, it was um, Troy Herfos who took the win. Um, I think Cyrus Monk got a little bit unlucky there from the sounds of things. He was going away from that group and then got a, got a flat and had to kind of struggle his way to the line and got o- overtaken by Troy Herfos there. And, um, from the back in the peloton though, it was Chris Harp who jumped out and put a quite a bit of time into the rest of the bunch there. And, uh, from all accounts, it was quite an impressive attack. You were, um, off the back by that stage, Marcus, but no doubt, um, you got, you got hurt, you got told the whole story, uh, by the, by the rest of the team.
1: Oh yeah, I was well and truly off the back by then. Um, yeah, from, from all reports at, uh, at the hairpin, you know, Chris, I just, uh, took off and, um, didn't look back, um. I saw he did some very impressive power numbers going up that climb, so he's obviously got some tremendous form at the moment. And I think the same can be said for, for Troy Herfos. I mean, all, from all reports, he's been training the house down over the last month or so for this race, and it's obviously paid off um, with the stage win.
0: So after stage two, I asked Chris Harper what he and his team's plan was going into the stage.
4: We sort of had the... Had a plan of maybe trying to get someone up the road just so we didn't have to chase early on, um, but we didn't. So from about 40k into like the race, the um, the boys just got on the front and just kept the gap where we thought we'd be able. To yeah bring it back on the last climb and yeah they did an amazing job they pretty much rode the front the whole way barely got any help from um, anyone else and then we were down to two riders um through Bogong and then I told Jessie at the bottom of Tawonga go as hard as you can and yeah hit off with about four or five k to go and just tried to get as close to her for as I could. Yeah and you managed to split off the front of that of the rest of the Peloton I suppose um how quickly did you know that you had them dropped and uh, were you riding for yourself? Um, I looked behind after about 20 seconds and saw I had a gap. So I sort of just tried to keep the pace on and see if anyone responded and came across. And um, for a couple K, I was just holding it pretty similar. And then I sort of felt like I was pulling it out a little bit. So just yeah, kept riding at the pace. I yeah, pretty much had the maximum and just, yeah. Try not to look back too much. And uh, one stage left, uh, Mount Hotham, um, the big 30k climb. Uh, You up for it, and how do you you think it's going to go? Um, Yeah, I'm really keen for Hotham. Obviously, being such a long climb, you know, you can put a lot of time into someone, but you can also, you know, lose a lot of time. Um, So I know, you know, obviously, Dybal's won there. I think, I can't even remember how many times, but yeah, I think he's uh, probably the big favourite. He's the strongest sort of climber in Australia over that sort of distance domestically. So yeah, I think if he's got good legs, he'll have a crack again.
0: Yeah, for those of you who don't know Troy Herfos, he's um a professional motorcyclist and he does a number of different things with motors on bikes um so there's like dirt dirt motob- motocross and uh superbike and I think he's an Australian two-time champion. And of course he can do the self-powered version of the of the bike as well. And he goes out with Emily Roper, I think. So uh, in addition to be very looking very good looking as well. I think um I'm very gel- jealous of Troy Herfos. He's He's uh Bit of an Adonis of the male species, unfortunately. Um, Louis, the rest of us look bad. Yeah, exactly. You're on my way, I think, there, Marcus. Okay, Louisa, over to the over to the women's stage now. And um, it was an early breakaway, it wasn't quite as hotly contested getting into that one. Um, and it was uh, Riley McMullen from Rock Salt, Grace Brown from Holden, and third one was Lucy Bechtel from Specialized. Um, and th- those three went away and got quite a big lead. Uh, Kimberly Wells and Kirsty Deacon tried to get over to get over to them, but they left it a touch too late, and the three managed to ride away. Um, they dropped Riley McMullen over Rose White, and then came into the bottom of Twonga. Um, back in the field, there, um, Louisa, what, what were you guys thinking? Because uh, I know Holden and Specialised did actually end up chasing down their own riders, which was a bit odd on the surface of things.
2: Yeah, so, it was, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what Specialized was doing, um, Lucy's a well-known climber so they should have had trust in her and for us, um, we just, we that was the first time we raced with Grace Brown so I think none of us were really quite sure how she would go against Lucy. Um, so when it had gone out to four minutes, I think we were, yeah, we we didn't think it would go out that fast. and. And um, probably didn't have enough to trust in Grace as, as we should have because um, she is an amazing rider and amazing on the climb. So we were working for Leeson and wanting um, wanting her to, to take GC. Obviously, ha- very happy for Grace to be up the front so we could sit back.
0: Yeah, um, I, th- I think Grace was actually third on that stage. Yeah, so she actually beat uh, Lucy Bechtel. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in the car, the chief comm car, uh, following following the front two riders, and then we saw, um, Lise and Lucy, uh, Lucy Kennedy, sorry, too many Lucys, uh, mm. coming up behind, and it was at, um, we were actually very surprised at that stage because there was nobody behind them, absolutely daylight behind for at least. Uh, at least two, three hundred meters, uh, and it was very surprising that they managed to gap the field by that much. So mm. that was that was interesting.
2: Yeah, there was definitely some confusion in the bunch. We didn't really get much information of what was going on. Um, I didn't. We didn't even know if Grace was with Lucy at um, over Rosewhite. So yeah, I mean, it's obviously a bit hard to to know, well, to decide, make decisions in the bunch when when you don't know exactly what's happening up front.
0: Okay, and uh, yeah, on that stage, it was uh, Lucy Kennedy who ended up winning. Um, She kicked away um, once Leeson and Lucy had made the bridge to the front two. And Leeson Hawkins, you know, she struggled on and managed to, you know, limit her losses, and she maintained her lead after the strong time to performance. So going into that final stage there was uh, still with all to play. Um, What was the post-mortem from that stage, Louisa? What, What was the feeling within the team?
2: I think we' were, like we were pretty happy with our results, obviously a win would have been um ideal, but you cannot always can't always get the wins um I think uh Lisa's still figuring out her strengths on the climbs um and just needs to believe in herself. she's such a strong rider, and she can beat lucy and and those other riders so yeah it's she's doing really well um I think the team um obviously was aware of, like, some of the mistakes we made. So it was just good, pra- just good practice and, and the, for, for the summer, basically.
0: Yeah, and um, <laughs> what, what's it like having a 37-year-old who is still learning her craft in the sport? <laughs> I mean, I, I did an interview with her at National Capital Tour where she referenced that she was learning so much from, uh, I think it was you and Shannon Malsid um, who were with her on that tour. Um, what, what's it like uh, teaching somebody who's, you know, and she's very accomplished in other fields um what's it like um being the teacher in this case
2: um i think for myself a bit daunting i'm have only been riding for two years myself so also i'm also learning a lot um obviously having the opportunity to race in um europe and america has um bumped up my my skills in the bunch and knowledge of Race tactics a bit, but um, yeah, I mean, Lisa's a really quick learner, so it just makes it easy when you say something to her, she'll pick it up straight away, and she's she's learning really quickly.
0: To stage three now, and of course, that is the um, the stage, the Mount Hotham stage, where it's only fifty four kilometres long, but with about about thirty kilometres of that uphill, um, up one of the longest hills in this, in Australia. It's yeah, it's no easy feat for anyone to attempt, and it was. I think it was a similar situation in both of the races. There was early breaks that jumped off, jumped off the front, um, looking to scoop up those sprint points there, and um, they both came back on the climb with the real fight to be completed after that. In the men's, it was Matt Ross who jumped away on the Meg there and was allowed to get up a bit of an advantage. I didn't actually get too much of the actual race situation there. I mean, what was the feeling from Chris Harper at that stage because Matt Ross was well up on GC and he could have possibly taken it away from Chris
1: yeah I um I didn't get the a very detailed a super detailed rundown on uh exactly what happens but happened but yeah from the sounds but um Matt jumped away um so did a couple of others um just over the meg I think Jesse was looking to follow but um I ended up uh, hanging back with with Chris who was actually riding on a a bike that he'd had to source uh, the night before, um, so it was probably just uh, thrown off a little by that. And then um, obviously they had to, the boys had to ride a bit of tempo along the the middle section of the climb. And um, yeah, I think Chris did a lot of work through there, just had to limit his his losses. And um, yeah, in, in the end, hung on by only four or five seconds. So. Yeah, well Ben Dyble um,
0: attacked, um, must have been within that final 11k cl- or 11k's there, which is you know, the really tough bit of Mount Hotham there where it goes up like CRB Hill and uh, Diamantia um, as well. And yeah, so and he, he, won, up the, he won up that um, stage last year, didn't he? An impressive win when you can hang on enough um, to, beat ben Dybul, to beat Ben Dybul in the overall. And as you said, it was just four seconds in the end. So a proper, a proper close ending to the race.
1: Well, I think Chris really was just sort of looking to mark Ben uh, throughout the stage and was mostly just keeping his eyes on him. So um, when uh, Matt Ross and a couple of the other boys sort of uh, went over the meg, I think he uh, he didn't really jump on them because he was more interested in what Ben was doing. Uh, Ben's one of the best climbers in Australia, definitely on the domestic scene. So, um, uh, yeah, that's good reason to keep his, his eyes on him as opposed to some of the others. Um, and then, yeah, just to limited at the end after having worked through the middle section, Um, he did really well.
0: I'll I'll put an interview in here with Matt Ross.
5: Yeah, no, it was great, especially I've been doing a bit of track work here and there and uh, I really didn't expect it, came into this just trying to get through it for Nationals Um, and yeah, had some pretty good form coming into it, didn't have a TT bike for the TT so I just um, went along with the road bike, lost a a minute and a bit there, but then um, yeah, it's felt pretty good coming up coming up here and pretty happy to take the win yeah and um after you
0: know an aggressive showing on Tawangra as well you did well there um you managed third overall in GC uh
5: and you're an up coming rider I mean is this the sort of riding you're looking to do in the future oh, I have got no idea really uh every season I do something different so you know I've done crit rider track rider hill climber I've I don't really have a specialization at the moment but uh yeah, it's, I love hill climbing. Um, it'd be something I'd love to do, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And that's really right. Where does that stand in terms of prestige? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are building for nationals at the moment,
0: and uh, you're probably in that basket as well. Um, but to get a win here, I mean, a lot of big names have got wins here in the past.
5: Yeah, uh, I love this race, um, especially, you know, you're racing to a, a huge peak in, a, in Australia. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a great event, um, and I'd, I'd love to come back here again and again, uh, hopefully be able to get a few more stages in the future. Future and uh, personally, I mean, you've taken uh, what, national Madison title. That
0: was your probably your biggest win beforehand. Um,
5: where does this stack up in terms of water, victories? Oh, every victory is as good as another. Uh, I, obviously, uh, I love track racing, and I've got national matter coming up not long after this. So it's a bit of a a bit of a change going from climbing mountains to a racing track. But um, yeah, they they all they all stack up together, and uh, yeah, it's 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 great fun.
0: Move on to the women's now, and um, when, when the race hit, hit the bottom of Hotham there, it was, it was uh, Lucy Kennedy who went to the front, um, second on GC, but she decided to take up the, take up the pacemaking. And um, really, um, it was interesting afterwards, she said that she was trying to bring back the breakaway, but you would have thought that in that situation, she would have left it up to the Holden girls to do that for her.
2: Well, we actually had um, Shannon Malce in the breakaway, um, which we're quite happy with. Shannon had a really strong performance in the time trial perform um, in the time trial, so um, we all were pretty confident in her in that climb um, and I mean ultimately breakaways are usually caught anyway, um, so I mean we had nothing to worry about, and it just put us in a position to make Lucy work and which is exactly what she did so for us we were pretty happy happy with that situation.
0: Yeah and in, in the end the break was caught and it ended up um, I think that was just on as they reached the false fight section there and, and the decisive attack came on that false fight section with Shannon uh, um, clearly on some good form jumping away and Kate Perry a- attacking after her. Um, that was kind of torturous because Kate Perry doesn't have the um, most acceleration in the world, and hanging behind Shannon uh, for about she was about a hundred meters off. I don't know, maybe three or four kilometers there, and it was it was just painful to watch her gradually gradually um, reel in Shannon. And uh, unfortunately, once once you caught her, you got the fear you got the feeling that she was going to continue on with it, and that's what ended up happening. As as they stretched out the gap, and uh, eventually the attack went away. What what was the what was the feeling from back in the group at that stage? Because um it was you know there's not too much information going going back and forth between the groups so was there any knowledge to to your knowledge at least of leeson uh, knowing that um kate perry was threatening the gc lead at that stage
2: uh i don't think leeson was aware that she was threatening the gc read uh, lead i mean on that clan you can you can kind of see the writers a bit easier so it's i guess you can judge your efforts more um Lucy Kennedy was still in contention for GC, so there was still pressure for her to also be chasing Kate. Um, I don't think we were, we were too worried about that either, because it just forced it. Because Shannon was up there as well, it forces put a bit more pressure on Lucy, who's and, and Anna Meek and the other girls who are who are racing. So yeah, I mean there was there was no yeah severe breakdowns in. In that, in the in the tactics there, but um, yeah, I mean, Leeson did a good job and couldn't quite catch Perry. Um, I guess her form was a bit um, uncertain. She didn't do as well as she'd done the previous year in the time trial and hadn't wasn't really anywhere on on the second stage. So, I mean, it was it was awesome that she she got up there in the end for Specialized. But um, yeah, it just makes for good racing.
0: Okay, that seems like a fairly decent spot to put her. Gap in there, and we'll go to the interview with the winner of stage three up Mount Hotham, Kate Perry, who, of course, was a former contributor to the Breakdown podcast. And unfortunately, we can't get her on too often, but uh, it's good to hear her back at least in interview form. So, okay, coming, in, coming into the race, a bit down on GC, but um, used that to your advantage. Take uh, managing to get away um, midway up the climb and hold it off to the finish.
6: Yeah, look, it was always going to be an interesting one. Like, rarely do people let me get away, and you know, we had uh, we had a lot of things working in our favour today with Specialized. In that, Lucy was third on GC, and she was up the road with the initial break that went, which meant that it sort of took the pressure off the rest of us. And once we uh, caught up to the break, I was uh, pretty much in the box actually, and I was worried that I was going to get on the false flat and luckily there was a bit of a lull and Shannon went so I figured well I may as well die trying and uh, jumped on her wheel and didn't quite catch her until the oh, probably coming into where it just sort of goes up past the false flat um, and then yeah I knew she wasn't gonna work because she obviously had Leeson up there on DC so just dug deep and never looked back and was lucky enough to, to hold on to the end
0: It was up CIB that you made, the, you made the move to drop Shannon there um, and then just putting your head down and going through the finishes?
6: Yeah, yeah, look, I think um, based on last year, I've ridden this climb many a time, so I kind of know where the pinch points are, and once you really get over CRB, you know, you've got a few sort of rolling downhills, so if you can sort of get out of sight, it it tends to work in your favour, and yeah, luckily enough, Shannon had done quite a bit of work early on, so I was able to to hold on.
0: And you were yo-yoing a bit, actually, on, also with uh, you and
6: Verrida I definitely was. I uh, said to V at one point, I was like, I don't know, V, I've got zero kick here. And uh, she was like, yeah, yeah, look, I'm the same. So, you know, we just sort of, we've got a bit of a team motto that we, you know, die trying. So it's exactly what we did today. And I, uh, that was probably what was going through my head when I jumped on Shannon's wheel. I thought, I, you know, i got to risk it for something. So luckily it paid off.
0: Yeah. And um, well, it certainly was an interesting end to the stage there with um, Lucy ending up uh, Lucy Kennedy ending up dropping Leeson there um, just in inside, I'd say it was about the final eight kilometres that she dropped her. And then it was just a struggle from there to get to the finish and see and count up the time at the end. And in the end, it was Lucy Kennedy who emerged um, second on the stage, but uh, first on GC after the time had been counted up. And uh, Leeson Hawkins uh, managed to get over for third, but... She looked very tired at the end, and I felt that she'd given it her all going up that climb.
2: Yeah, I think the whole team gave okay, it. They're all on that stage. Like, I mean, there's nothing really much more you can do. It is the strongest rider on the day, and, and Lucy was showed her form on the climb. Um, I mean, we we'd put as much pressure on her as a team as we could, and and on Specialized. So, I think we were pretty happy with with the way we went that day. We just weren't quite strong enough at in the end
0: yeah but still second um on the individual and you won the teams overall and did well in a number of stages so you must have been happy with the with the results over the entire race
2: yeah definitely i mean it's good that we're peaking not now and (laughs) leave that for (laughs) january
0: okay and we'll leave bright there for the moment and we'll move on to a brief discussion of um the racing coming up Okay, and we're back. We're talking about the early summer racing, and of course, nationals is on a lot of people's minds. It's the opportunity for you know young riders to get their name out there, maybe get signed to a big team, and uh, particularly in the women's. I mean, you often see uh, the winner of nationals or somebody who's performed well um, get picked up by Orica Ais, or um, or as a lesser reward, I suppose. Um, get uh, moved into the national development squad for the next season. So, And in the men's side, it's probably for the under-23s. Whoever wins that is going to be um, on the pecking, pecking list for the World Tour Academy. So it's an interesting time of year, a high-pressure time, and uh, I know a number of riders are really uh, making it their focus for this year. Um, Marcus, yeah, your good friend Dylan Sunderland, for instance, is going to be um, one of those riders that we're talking about for... A, the win in in the under-23 title, and also possibly a World Tour Academy spot. Um, I'll be looking for um, him to be the form writer, or um, are there other names that have really caught your attention at this point?
1: In the under-23 ranks, yeah, I definitely think he, he should be around the pointy end, um, considering... He hadn't done a lot of intensity leading into Bright. He still had some uh, pretty good performances. I think he was seventh up in the end the top ten in the time trial. Um, the other thing that's really um, important for the men, obviously, it's um, a lot of guys looking for selection for the UniSA team for the Tour Down Under as well as Harold Stum Tour. And I suppose um, the Cadell Evans race now that it has moved to the World Tour. So, yeah, there's a lot riding on um, national Definitely I think Dylan will be up there in the in the twenty threes and um should prove that he um he should definitely be in that um World Tour Academy as well as maybe get um a start at a couple of the other before mentioned races.
0: Going into going into the under twenty three men's it's probably gonna be Lucas Hamilton who's the big favourite, I would guess, after his second last year. And um, assuming he's improved a bit since then he'll be he'll be very hard to very hard to topple. Um, Chris Hamilton will be, I'd say, in the elites because he's racing with a World Tour team next year. So, I imagine supporting Michael Matthews' ambitions. Um, on the women's side, Louisa, who's caught your eye um, coming in and with some decent form at the moment?
2: Oh, I think actually quite a few girls are looking pretty fit at the moment. I mean, um, we've obviously you have Orica um, and then the pro riders who come, who come down. Um, It's always hard to tell who's gonna be in form for nationals because we do have, I mean, a lot of those girls are focusing on the spring classics and um, the European racing. So it would be hard to make a judgment on those girls. But in terms of the NRS girls, I think um, Holden's gonna really have a strong team this year. I'm really happy with with how all of us are going. Um, And yeah, I think definitely like um, Lucy Kennedy showed some form this weekend and, and um, Kate Perry, like you know, they're they're strong girl, they're strong climbers. Um, but obviously, you're going to have to be good in the bunch as well to, to be able to win nationals. So we'll see how they go there. Um, yeah, it's going it's, I think it's going to be a really exciting race this year.
0: Yeah, I'd say the course probably suits Lucy Kennedy a bit more than Kate Perry. Um, Lucy's got that real punch, uh, punchy climb, whereas Kate's a, a bit more solid, which is why we've seen her do well in the time trial in the past. Yeah. Yeah, she was fourth, wasn't she, in the time trial last year?
2: Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, if she gets in a break, it could be dangerous. So you never know.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. And um, the under-23s, that's interesting this year because I think there's a number of riders graduating to the um, elites from the – under 23s obviously it's a weird race the under 23 women because they run it inside the elite women's race so it's yeah it's the race within the race and it it's hard to gauge the tactics of what's going to happen there
2: um yeah it is weird i mean I guess it depends on the rider, what they want to do. Um, for example, Shannon was in under-23s last year, and but she wasn't focusing on the under-23 win. She was focusing on the overall win. Um, so it just shows how how focused Shannon is. Um, I think, it yeah, it just really depends how the girls race it. Um, but I think, I mean, it's great if those girls really put themselves out there and try to get the overall win. I mean, even if you don't get it. Um, obviously that's a, a big ask, but I think it's it's good definitely good to get your name out there and just give it a good crack because you know you can there's you have nothing to lose in that race
0: <laughs> okay, and we'll get on to discussing a few of the other races um coming up um the jaco Herald Sun Tour released its race route um for for the 2017 edition and it's going to be quite a bit more hilly um which looks to be looks to be playing into the hands of the foreigners who are going to be there in Chris Froome and Esteban Chavez. Um, is, is that the right way to do things, Marcus? Should we, should we be catering to that sort, of, um, that sort of climbing crowd and maybe looking to get those big names over to Australia?
1: Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we'll be able to see with some of, the, some of the domestic guys who have some really good form in January just after nationals. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they compare to the not-in-former world tour guys.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, Chris Froome is really too far out of form. He's always been good um in every race he does. I think he's won um first race of the season in these last three or four years now. Um whereas Esteban Chavez is a bit more dodgy at the start of the season. I don't think he's he's won for a while, while now at start. So it'll be interesting to see where he's at form wise as he, as he said. Um yeah, another one is the Santos Women's Tour which is changing up a bit um this season and unfortunately i heard a story um when i was down at, at brighton um apparently marianne boss's team uh, wm3 pro cycling um which is also valentina scandalara's team um was invited and then uninvited from the and they've pretty much uh, thrown their hands up in the air and say oh well we're not gonna ever come back to this race it's that badly managed um after they went to you know book flights and all that and put in a lot of effort to scramble and get down here in time so yeah that's a that's a disappointing one to hear and unfortunately because you know you could have got some of the best cyclists in the world over to over to Adelaide.
2: Yeah so I um, that's really disappointing to hear I think um the tour down under the the women's series has a, a history of um not having great <laughs> yeah organization I mean hopefully they, they, they will improve on that this year I mean seeing that it is a UCI event now and um I mean, it's still great to see a, a lot of other of the UCI teams coming down to race in Australia. It's really exciting for the Australian girls because a lot of us don't have the opportunity to race against the Europeans. So, um, yeah, hopefully, it'll, there's a brighter future in women's cycling there.
0: Is it a race you look forward to? I mean, last year, I mean, Lauren Kitchen brought down almost her entire. Um, pro squad with her and, you know, a number of um, big professionals um, race there as well. Is it a race that, you know, you really um, look to make an impact on if you can?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's for us, the opportunity to race against um, big European teams is rare. And I think having that um, just after nationals when we are all in form is just such a fantastic opportunity to, for women cycling in Australia and really just um, gives some like just a bit of encouragement for girls in Australia to, you know to even to watch and see those girls racing to inspire them to go to to get over to Europe and race race in those big teams I think it's it's a really great thing to have
0: and uh, there will be four australian teams from the nrs racing alongside those big world tour teams and holden's one of them uh rush uh high five dream team and specialized of course yes so yeah we'll be doing those and cadell evans road race yeah it should be an interesting season to go go alongside and it's it's getting almost to the point where the women's calendar is a not not on par with the men's but it's um complementing the men's calendar at that same time
2: yeah i was actually um i was very disappointed with the nrs this year i was i I was away for six months and i missed out on two races and one of those races was cancelled battle on the border so i mean that's really disappointing for women's cycling in australia like how can girls improve if there's no racing um but yeah seeing the calendar this year it's really um it's Put a smile on my face and it's good to see that there's so much more racing um opportunities for the domestic girls
0: yeah i'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the improvement to the racing calendar um <laughs> as you as you said I bet, well i don't think we can blame them for battle on the border being um flooded out i mean that was a bit beyond their control but yeah a lot of races were dropped last year and hopefully we don't see a similar scene this year well, I think that should just about do it for us. Um, what are you looking forward to in, in the summer of cycling? Like?
1: I'll be looking forward to definitely Nationals Road road Race and um, how um, a couple of the guys um, from Swiss this year are fair in Nationals, um, as well as um, the Sun Tour and um, hopefully in uh, case of Chris at um, Tour Under. And Louisa, what are
0: your parting words?
2: Um, yeah, just really excited for the summer racing. Um, I've had a bit of a break now or well, had a break after coming back from Europe and back in training now. So I'm really excited to, to get back in and start some racing. We've got, um, super Crit coming up in two weeks. So, um, Holden's going to be the LA team for that. So that'll be our first one. So yeah, looking forward to some fun racing with the girls.
0: Enjoy the fluoro uniforms. Um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that should just about do it for us this week. Remember, you can always stay in touch with the Breakdown podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and in particular, with the Summer of Racing coming up, um, make sure you stay in contact because there'll be plenty of updates coming your way. Okay, it's bye from me.
2: Thanks, Jamie.